Hello and welcome back to the show. Today we're talking with Matthew Gallagher, Certified Financial Planner of Gallagher Financial Group. Matthew, great to have you here. Thank you. And we've been discussing Matthew's new book. I've got it right here, Greener Pastures from Bombay and Boston to the Bulls and Bears. This is available on Amazon.com. I would suggest getting out there right now. Well, actually wait until the segment's done, but then go ahead and order it. Sure. Uh, so Matthew, I love this book. And one of the things I love, we're going to jump to a chapter that I found fascinating again, which was The Angry Bird Catches the Worm. Yes. And before we jump into that, though, I have to again give you kudos because I love the way that you work in these stories. And who would think that there'd be a story in a financial book about Angry Birds? Is this on purpose? It, it is. You know, I heard recently something that made me think. They said that they're just talking in general that if you don't explain something, I hate the phrase dumb it down, so I don't want to use that phrase, but if you don't explain something simple enough, simplified mm -hmm. enough to where someone else can understand it in whatever arena field you're in, it's because you don't understand it well enough to do that. I found that fascinating because you think of all these people that are just brilliant mm -hmm. and they speak above your head all the time. And uh, to most people, the fact that they do that shows how brilliant they are. But really, you, you've heard probably all your life about when you understand something, you can teach it to someone else. Yes. I well, yeah. teaching it is one thing, then learning is something else. And I wanted, again, to tie this, to simplify, to tie it down to where you can understand it. Because how many people work with a financial planner now that they have no clue what they're saying? And they like them, seem like a nice guy, go to their church, they know him from the country club, whatever. But they have no clue what they're saying. And that's really where this story of the angry bird catches the worm takes off. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, what happened, very simply, is we... I took the boys out to get a break. We had actually, we were living in a hotel uh, last year for a while, our house had flooded. So we lived in a hotel, took the boys out to get a break to give my wife a break. Cause if you can imagine mm -hmm. two young boys, we're all in the same hotel room for six plus weeks. So I wanted her to enjoy her Saturday, enjoy watching football. Cause she's got a team as well and take them out to a movie, Angry Birds. Mm -hmm. And we have a great time, enjoy life. Here's the thing. I ended up in Walmart and I see Angry Birds toys. Mm -hmm. And even better, they talk. And I'm, it reminded me of taking them to the movie. So I buy them, take them home. Good dad, you got to get them the toys. You got to get them the toys. My wife would disagree, by the way. She thinks I buy too much, too much stuff for the kids. But the point is, they talk. And one of, one of the sayings on there was, come on, Leonard. He's talking. To, it's one of the pigs. He's oh, talking to the other. So you squeeze him. He says, come on, Leonard. Well, my four-year-old thought that was hilarious. And so he would repeat it all the time. The problem is he would say, come on, lizard. And he just said over and over. And the first time or two, we started to correct him. And then we realized, you know what? Uh, it's cute the way he does that. Yeah. And so we smile and we nod along. And, uh, and by the way, he's got another one now. It's not even in the book. Somebody's got anger issues is what one of the birds says when you squeeze them. He thinks they're saying finger shoes. I don't know what a finger shoe is. So he's all the time, somebody's got finger shoes. So my point is we smile along, we laugh. It's cute. Yep. But in the same way, how many of us do that with our financial planner? They're saying things because it's not cute when it's our money. And it's mm -hmm. not cute when this is something that we've worked so hard for and they're saying, okay, Dennis, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. What do you yeah. think? Yeah. And you don't know what they're saying, but you do not want to tell them you don't. Most people don't because they, they feel like that would reflect on them. I feel dumb. I, they're going to think I, you know, they've explained it. We spent 30 minutes. Go ahead. Sure. 
And so you work so hard, you sacrifice Saturdays and kids' soccer games and extra hours, all these things to save up, to then allow someone to handle your funds who's speaking above your head. You don't get it, and you're willing to, it's almost like going to Vegas. You're willing to risk it all. And it may be something if you understood, you wouldn't, you wouldn't do it. And it, you know, it, you make a great point in the book that something that is so cute and adorable. Sure. When your young son does it. Right. How it's, it's something that is great and makes a great family story. Right. But when it's your money and as an adult, it can have some serious consequences. Serious consequences. And again, if this was harmful for him, it's not harmful for him as a three-year-old at the time. Of course, we'd say, hey, son, don't do that. It's not harmful. It's just cute. Yeah. But this could wreck your retirement, your lifestyle, you going to see the kids, grandkids, by the way, all these things, it could change your life. And yet we unfortunately are trained, we're programmed to have that exact same response. So as somebody who helps guide people with their finances, sure. how do you break down those misunderstandings? Again, so many times I ask people, we'll talk and I'll say, why are you invested like you are? It's one of the first questions I'll ask them in the first or second visit is when I'm reviewing their statements and talking to them, you're telling me one thing and I look at your statements and they say something completely different. And I'll ask, well, I'm curious, why is not no judgment, why did you do this? And you'll, I don't know what I'm in. I don't know why I was put there. Mm-hmm. Well, you've been working with this guy 15 years, 10 years, five years. I don't, I, I don't know. I just, I trust... But the reason you're even in a seam in the first place is something doesn't feel right. Or you're, I feel like I'm losing. I feel like I'm not moving forward. I don't understand why. And I actually started putting that back on you and saying, this this is your responsibility. I will simplify this for you. I will make it easy for you. But this is your money and it's your life. And you have to stand up for yourself. And you've got to make the decision to say, listen, I've worked hard and I can just keep going along and nodding my head. Or I can stand up and say, listen, we, I need to make some changes here. I like in, in the book, one thing that you had mentioned is matching the numbers with the person. When looking at their, looking at someone's portfolio and just like you mentioned, why this, why do you have that? But matching it up with what they say and what they want. That's uh, amazing. Well, it's, it's huge because so many times, and when I say so many, I'm, I'm just going to say maybe 70% of the time or more, they don't match. Mm-hmm. And out of that not matching, very rarely is there a logical explanation. So why I wrote this chapter is to empower you. I'm giving you grace. That's fine. I get it. Mm-hmm. But now the grace stops. You know, the gravy train stops, so to speak. You've, you, you, you're going to read the chapter. When you read the chapter, you're going to say, okay. Now, you know, some people you just don't know. Now you know. So now if that keeps happening and you're sitting there 10 years from now and you can't retire like you hoped and you still don't really know, understand what you have and why I'm invested this way or... Now it's on you. I want you to take responsibility for yourself, and I'm trying to give you the tools to do that. Coming up on Right on the Money, we're going to talk more with Matthew, and we're going to get into one of the, probably one of the greatest chapters of the book, and it's titled How to Stay Alive During a Break-In, something you don't normally read in a book on finance. Now also, uh, remember, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, and you can start conversations by using the hashtag ROTM. You also can watch full episodes at rightonthemoneyshow.com. We will be right back after this.